0: Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is a video on demand website that offers all of the latest and the greatest adult movies from more than 50 years of adult movie making, including films by me. Go to hotmovies.com/bonus and enter the promo code holly h o l l y and you'll get 20 free minutes on hotmovies.com. No purchase is necessary. With special exclusive releases every month, you can always see them first at hotmovies.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Woo for Play Lube. Have you heard of Woo? Woo is the best organic, all-natural, and antibacterial lube I have ever used. It's made of virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, natural stevia and beeswax, and is totally free of chemicals and preservatives. And unlike most lubes, Woo also smells and tastes great, just like cupcake frosting. I am not kidding you. Seriously, I offer it to the actors on my sets, and we all love it. Woo is simply the best. Silky smooth, all-natural, and tastes like dessert. What more could you want? If you want to enhance your love life or just want a better lube, buy it for yourself or treat that special someone, go to Woo4Play and enter discount code HOLLY and you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's Woo4Play, W-O-O-F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com with the code HOLLY for 10% off. Get more play with Woo. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. I have a couple things I want to tell you about. First of all, we are still doing the survey and I would love to have you fill it out. Go to hollyrandallunfiltered.com and put in your information. I want to know more about you guys. Also, if you want to join, those who fill out the survey will be eligible for $300 worth of prizes from Babeland. So why wouldn't you? Secondly, I have a Facebook group, and I would love you to join me there. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered and join the community. And then third, I really want to encourage you guys to go visit my website, hollyrandall.com. I work very, very hard on it. I just relaunched it this year. I'm very proud of it, and it could use a little bit of love. So thank you all so much, and on to the show. Welcome back, Angela. Thank you for having me back. It's so great to see you. I always, honestly, your last interview with me, and if you guys haven't listened to it, you really should go back and listen to it. Is like one of my top favorites of all time. The couple times that I've been asked to submit um, episodes for review for one reason or another, it's I always include that one.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I always do. Thank you. So, how are you? It's been a while since you've been on, right before, last time you were here, it was right before you hosted the AVN Awards. Correct. And you fucking swept the floor with all of your awards. How many did you win? I won, I
1: took home 14 awards, including Female Performer of the Year.
0: Wow. So Did you bring like a moving truck for all those awards?
1: (laughs) It was, well, actually, I couldn't fit it all in my trunk, so AVN brought it back. Uh, oh, to, like, to LA. you, <laughs> you couldn't figure could it your yeah, like, Well, I had other things. I had my dresses and other things, so I had <laughs> to go to the AVN offices, and then it filled
0: my trunk. You should have so, known better. You should yeah. have known better to bring, like, it would be actually hilarious if you showed up with, like, a little, like, detached, like, trailer. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, this goodness. is for all my AVN awards that I know I'm going to win.
1: <laughs> well, I had no idea that I was going to win any awards, let alone that many. That you was, must
0: have assumed that you'd win at least one. I had
1: had hopes, obviously. I worked really hard. I did have hopes. But you can never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I never want to jinx anything. That's and, true. Yeah, That's I did. True. I did work very, very hard um, last year and this year. So I, I, I had hopes. And winning performer of the year was incredible. Yeah. It was a huge, huge honor. And I was actually inducted into the AVN Hall of Fame as that well. Is so amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Really, really cool.
0: Yeah, and and how long have you been doing? I know you've been in the industry for a while, but how long have you been doing like hardcore? Hardcore since 2011. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that would be seven years. Yeah. Good job, Holly. I'm glad you went to school. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so that's. I mean, I don't know if that's early to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. It seems like it's a little on the early side. Well, I think you have to be in the industry for 10 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been in the industry since 2003. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So So, um, I remember you actually were quite sick right before you went on stage. It was awful. And you powered through.
1: And it was funny one of the one the one of the things that I said on the last podcast right before mm-hmm. I was hosting was, "You know there's nothing really I can do right now because I don't have my script. All I have to do is make sure I stay well, yeah, and I ended up getting really, really sick. And I couldn't go to the convention beforehand. I couldn't be on the floor. I was sick in bed in my hotel in Vegas, just saving my voice because I had acute laryngitis and I couldn't even really speak. Wow. So yeah, it was amazing that I ended up being able to get on stage that night and have a voice. So I completely lost, lost it by
0: the end of the night. When did, you, when did your voice come back? Like that day, that morning? That... It started to
1: come back at the start of the week, but every time I started to talk, I started to lose it again. So mm-hmm. I realized I just needed to rest my Vocal cords and right. just
0: not not speak so did to me. Like mime what you wanted. Or did I texted. You get, like, a little, like, I texted everyone. <laughs> board like whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me cookies. <laughs> I was
1: just postmates postmatesing everything.
0: So.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was a very very exciting night.
0: Yeah. Very. How was? Were you nervous like being in front of all those people yes. on that stage? Yes. Was it kind of a terrifying experience?
1: It wasn't terrifying, but it was more. I was nervous. Because I wanted everyone to have a fantastic night and part of my duties is to make sure that mm-hmm. the, the show runs smoothly yeah. and that you know, and and it's a fun show. So yeah. I, I had nerves about that. Right. Um but everyone seemed to enjoy the show and it was an incredible yeah. night for, for me and it was great to celebrate everybody's achievements for the year
0: and yeah. It's such and a like a, it's such a big deal the Avian Awards in our industry. You know, I know a lot of people like it means a lot to them to win and be nominated. And um, you, I'm sure, were nominated this year.
1: Yes, actually the so. nomination party just happened last yeah. week. So, And some of the movies that um, I brought along for your mm-hmm. Patreon members um, were actually nominated for awards, including I Am Angela, which is the big showcase, my right. big showcase this year, which is nominated for Best Star Showcase. I'm nominated again for Female Performer of the Year, which is exciting. And then I did a number of other projects that got nominated. Angela Loves Women 4 um, is nominated for Best All-Girl Movie, Angela by Dark. Um, I I think it was six nominations it received. So, yeah, um, all up, I received 12 AVN award nominations and my company received another six AVN award nominations. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I think it's hilarious that you texted me. (laughs) You're like, congratulations on your nomination. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly I'm so up on it. And you're like, your movie got a nomination. I'm like, what movie? (laughs) And then she tells me that, what was it? Forbidden Tale? I don't yeah. even know what it's called. Uh, yeah. Forbidden Tales. A taste forbidden of the Forbidden or something. Something yeah. like that. And I'm like, I don't know that movie. And then you, like, text me the box cover and it's like, it's my <laughs> it's movie. movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. Because I have an agency that, like, takes my scenes and kind of puts them together as a compilation and then, like, Distributes them, um, I guess, through poems, which clearly I just don't pay any fucking attention to because I had no idea. It's wow. really sad.
1: I haven't seen the movie, but it looks incredible. The visuals on the box cover are beautiful, wow. even the caps on the back, and it's an Thank all-star you. cast. So, Thank congratulations you. on the nomination that you didn't realize you received. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's, you know, because I shoot, like, scenes kind of here and there for my website. I'm not as, like, focused on producing a final product the way that you are. So, honestly, every year when my um, when my agency comes to me and they're like, what do you want to nominate yourself for? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> honestly, like, nothing. There's like – because, you know, I, I recognize the people that are really doing incredible work in the industry and I just – I'm not like trying to be down on myself. I just kind of don't feel like I'm one of them. So I was just like, well, whatever. But then I realized I actually should have nominated this podcast for best like mainstream thing. I didn't think about that. So I'll do that next year. I just don't, I don't know. I don't really pay a ton of attention, but, and I didn't shoot any feature movies last year, um, but I'm shooting. um, Well, I'm shooting for wicked next month. So I'm definitely doing one this year and, um, you know, hopefully other stuff, too. So I think next year will be a little different. But like this last year, this last year sucked for me. Oh. But let's not talk about me. Okay. Let's talk about you.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Last year, this year sucked. It's okay.
0: It's okay. It's it's actually getting much better. Two thousand nineteen is going to be fine. Okay. Um, I want, but before we actually started this podcast, uh, I subjected Angela to my like hiding Oreos in the bathroom problem. So Angela's just like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs>
1: that is not what I think at all. We all have our own little idiosyncrasy. Things. Yes. Yeah. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. We definitely do. So, um, I definitely want to talk about your showcase, but before we get to that, I want to talk about a couple other things that you've been doing. Um I want to talk about The Weight of Infidelity. Yes, Because I don't know... I know I discussed it with Carla Lane when yes. she was on, but I don't think I talked to you about it.
1: No. Because it was filmed after we did the first Right.
0: Podcast. Okay. But we yeah. did... I, I think it was inspired by your piece, Becky, that you wrote for Asa Akira's Asa Erotica book, right? Correct. Which was an incredible, incredible piece, and you read it on the podcast, and it was... Like I mean, the way that you write is not only amazing, but you read it really well with such passion. It was a very powerful piece. So tell me how you decided to take that and um, turn it into an actual scene.
1: Well, um, I got a lot of positive feedback from the chapter that I wrote, Mm -hmm. and I decided that actually this would really work well as a scene. Obviously, it needed to be adapted a little bit, and so I wrote a script based off, the chapter. And I made it a little bit more taboo because I was submitting it to Brie Mills, who runs puretaboo.com. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has a similar theme. It, it focuses on body image and the way that that weight is often used as a weapon against um, both men and women, but obviously my focus in this piece was was women. And I wanted to use my position within the industry to create more inclusivity. So when I cast. The, the film and, and Brie gave me complete control over the cast, I wanted to have a true BBW performer. And Carla Lane was the first person to come to mind. She's mm-hmm. a she's a beautiful person both inside and out. And turns out she's an incredible actress as well. And um, I I learned that very quickly with working closely with her um, for The Weight of Infidelity. And it actually, uh, it's it's out, it's available for free on purew.com. So I encourage listeners to, to go and watch it. Um, and it was actually covered by Jezebel, so it got mainstream media attention, uh, got a lot of positive feedback from the adult community as well as the fans, and it was really l- nice to make uh, a porn featurette that had meaning, you know, that was powerful, that that looked at topics that are controversial and are not often the subject of adult entertainment.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, honestly, I really feel that that scene was probably my favorite Project that anybody did this year, and there was a lot of really amazing stuff that people came out with this year. You know, with um, you know Abigail's Tushy showcase, that was really amazing. Um, obviously, your um, uh, "I Am Angela" piece, which we will get to. Yeah. But th- what that's what I loved about it was that it was the first time that I'd ever seen a porn scene and felt an emotional attachment to it, mm. and kind of wanted to cry. Yeah, so can you actually tell the listeners exactly what the story is? So I am in the in the
1: story. I'm married to Tommy Pistol, who is an incredible act, actor and uh, adult performer. and I'm married to him and it's an abusive relationship where he's using uh, food um, as a as a form of uh, power. Uh, So he is controlling what I eat, he's watching my weekly weigh-ins, he's nitpicking me on everything, everything that I put in my mouth, and basically encouraging me to lose weight. And no matter how much weight I lose, it's not good enough for him. On the flip side, you find out later in the piece, he's actually having an affair with Carla, who is a much curvier woman um, and a BBW in this industry, and he, on the flip side, he's encouraging her to gain weight. So he is force-feeding her. He is engaging in a fetish called feederism, which I'd like to point out quickly that feederism is not a form of abuse. It can – I mean, obviously, in this case, it is being used as a form of abuse, but it is a, a fetish that can be um, – uh can you can be involved in the fetish in a way that is
0: completely safe and healthy and sensual and sane. But it's it's, yeah. like a, it's almost like a, a spin-off of kind of an, an S M. It's like a power exchange kind of situation. Correct. And Carla, um if you guys want to go back and learn more about that, listen to my podcast with Carla Lane. She explains that whole thing in, in a lot uh better detail
1: yeah and and this piece was not supposed to to shame feederism in any way mm-hmm. this was a, and i don't feel that yeah it no it was clearly he was using it in a uh, he he's engaging it in a way that is abusive and mm-hmm. and not consensual mm-hmm. um and so the the point of it is is that this man is on one hand encouraging his wife to lose weight and on the other hand encouraging his mistress to gain weight and so the point is that you know um, that weight is a weapon that that food has power that um it's it looks at idealized body image and the way that it can have a negative impact on people's lives and i won't tell you the the ending and why it's taboo but um that's that's essentially it and it's it's very it's emotionally charged but in the end, the women are empowered together. Mm-hmm. They end up taking revenge against Tommy. So it's not pitting women against each other, which I really think is important because mm. a lot of scripts you get are like women fighting or female jealousy. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, I don't want to portray that kind of um, negative woman to woman interaction. Yeah. So instead of being angry at Carla, obviously I'm angry at at Tommy, who mm-hmm. is the source of, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the problem, right? Yeah. So, and Tommy's Tommy's obviously standing in for society and mm-hmm. and, and our, our views of beauty and stuff, right? So, Tommy did an amazing job because he actually felt, you know, quite uncomfortable about the things that he was saying to me because right. he was, you know, commenting. Um, yes, it's yes we're acting, but he is commenting on you know things that I could perceive as real flaws in my body, you Mm -hmm. know, not being thin enough, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not being pretty enough, not being disciplined enough. And between takes, he was apologizing to me for the things that he was saying and and I could tell that it was really affecting him emotionally to play this really horrible character. Yeah. And he did an amazing job.
0: Do you feel that personal experience was something that led you to want to create this piece? Like do Mm. you feel – That pressure of, you know, always having to be a certain way, look a certain way, especially because you're in front of the camera. Definitely,
1: um, I I can say that you know I'm in a place where I, I love my curves. Um, I'm very happy with the way that I look physically, but I'm also, as you know, I'm a very critical person. I'm very detail oriented, so I could, I always look at myself and think of oh I could improve this, I could improve that. And we live in a society that has only recently started to embrace curves and thickness. You know, yeah. C- growing up, I definitely thought I was too fat. It's society told me that. My, yes. And and we even talked. I won't go too far into it because people and go back and listen to our our first podcast that we did together but you know porn was the first place that i saw my curvy body represented in a positive light mm. it, in fashion magazines and on television and in movies whenever a curvier woman was represented it was not represented as as, po- as positive right so i definitely grew up thinking that oh i need to lose weight oh my curves aren't good enough and it was through working in porn that I realized, oh, you know, there is a market for me. People, not everybody's going to like my body. That's fine. But there is a huge market that that does love my body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I find it interesting, um, and I know I've said this before, that, you know, we perceived women to be, to need to look and behave or whatever in a certain way you know, through media and films. And then like kind of when the internet came along and suddenly media became more controlled by the user because it wasn't just like, you know, when you watch TV, you're pretty much like fed what media thinks they want you to see. And then you're like, oh, that's that's what's right. That's what I need. But then like when the internet came along and especially social media, it almost, I feel almost like the consumer like ha- got more of a voice and was yes. able to to choose what they actually liked. And so media started to recognize that and, like, follow that path. So now that's why I feel like you see in a lot of ads, they're trying to represent, you know, women of different body shapes and sizes and, um, you know, different sexual orientation, all that kind of stuff. I feel like the internet really, like, kind of pushed all of that forward um, and just... I don't know, just opened up doors for people to be like, you know what? This is not what I like. This is what I like. And, and I'm, this is acceptable. And. I don't know. It it's just it's so different because, you know, I'm older so I was around before the internet came along and I just like things have changed so fast. Yeah. And it's amazing.
1: It's really been a democratization of desire and a democratization yeah. of you know, uh of people's body types, you know, we're far you see far more diversity mm-hmm. even in mainstream media now. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I've noticed, um, and you know, definitely pertaining to what we were just talking about is how you seem to feel like you have like a social responsibility in your content, you know, like you're not just trying to produce porn that, you know, is titillating and, and sexual, but like there's there's a social conscious behind everything that you do. Yes. So can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Well,
1: I realize that um I'm in a I'm in a powerful position in a way, like having this platform, I have a large social media platform, winning female Form of the year. I have a responsibility to use my platform to make the world better, even if it's just the small adult community mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously the weight of infidelity was one thing that I did this year. I really wanted to, I wanted to showcase uh, curvier bodies as well with Carla. I wanted to bring her into a space that was a more mainstream adult space mm-hmm. and I wanted fans to to see her body and to 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 be exposed to, to different types of bodies. Um, there's obviously I did my first trans scene this year, mm-hmm. which we can get to. That's in yes. um, my showcase, I Am Angela, and I feel like the industry is really starting to be far more accepting of um, trans performers, trans rights. Um, There's less stigma. There's still a stigma, Mm -hmm. but it's getting better. So I decided to do my first trans scene with Chanel Santini for this big movie. Um, And obviously I try to represent – a positive sexuality, you know. I I get got into this industry to express and explore my sexuality, and I I'm proud of what I do, which is one of the reasons that I chose to use my real name. I don't think that I should be ashamed of being a sexual person, and I hope that um, through me being proud of what I do and and showcasing a way to to live a life where you can be proud of your sexuality. I hope that that encourages others to be proud of their sexuality and to to live honestly and openly and not to be scared of of you know the the shame and the stigma which is there but you only have one life. Yeah. So you should yeah. you should live your truth.
0: Yeah. It's been really incredible to see women like you taking, you know, this message and using you know, porn as a platform for it, which is just so different. I mean, porn before was always, you know, this dirty, seedy underbelly of media and, you know, it was just to, you know, get guys hard and and that's it. But now it's like it's become so much more complex and there's, you know, there's a message behind it now and it's just like it's it's evolved into something so much bigger than just porn and it's been such an exciting thing to witness.
1: Yeah, and I mean... Pretty much everybody watches porn. So Mm -hmm. it is actually a very powerful platform. Yes. And it's also powerful because when people are watching porn, they're often masturbating. And when you're masturbating and you receive messages when you're in that pleasure
0: zone, you know, it's a – you know, it can kind of – seep in. and Because mm-hmm. it is an intimate, vulnerable time, right? Yes. I mean, people always like, you know, privately well, not everybody, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like a private moment where you lock your bedroom door and you put on headphones or whatever, you know, your roommates to her God forbid your mom to walk in or something like that. So it is this private, intimate moment. So yeah, I could see how like it is this this vulnerable time that you could be, you know, giving people not only pleasure, but you know, I don't want to say like teaching them a morality lesson, but there's like there's almost something to that. There, the, the
1: way I see it is more giving them the opportunity to think of, uh, giving the opportunity of to see different ways of being, mm-hmm. or different ways of um, exploring their sexuality, different ways of experiencing the world, different ways of interacting with people. So, even if it's like, for example. Um, I've had fans that have been following me since 2003, fans that, you know, just started following me because they like big breasts, never expecting that I would do a trans scene. Mm -hmm. And now because they've followed me through this time, they may have never expected to enjoy watching a trans scene Mm -hmm. themselves. But because they're my fan, they've committed to watching the movie, and then suddenly they watch it and, wow, they're exposed to a different, uh, you know, a different kind of sex that they end up enjoying. You Mm -hmm. know, I just like, I like that there's this... In that vulnerable space where you're masturbating, you're open to new ideas and it's in the privacy mostly of your own home. Mm. And so yeah, I just I just I like being exposed to myself. I like being exposed to different ideas and different ways of being and and um I hope that my fans do too.
0: Have you had any feedback from any of your fans who've said, you know, before I would have never watched a trans mm-hmm. scene or I would have never watched a BBW scene or something yes. like that, but then I've watched your because you were in it and I've found that Maybe that's something I could be into.
1: Yes. I've that, had a
0: lot of feedback like that. That's got to yeah. be kind of an amazing experience yeah. to, to feel like you're changing people's minds about what they find sexy yeah, and opening people's, you know, opening these pathways to different uh, – I don't know, kind of different sexual preferences.
1: Yeah, and that's why I feel like I have a responsibility with this platform as well to do something good with it. If I can leave the industry, not that I have any plans on doing so anytime
0: soon. Don't you know, go. I'm not going. I'm saying, We I'm need saying. you. <laughs> but if I can. <laughs> you make us look good. <laughs> Thanks, Please oh, God, don't I'm leave. Trying.
1: But <laughs> if I can leave knowing that I've I've had a positive impact, right. not just on my life, I've already had an incredibly positive impact. Uh, impact on my own life through right. through being part of this amazing community. Mm-hmm. But if I can expand that and have a positive impact on other people's lives, that's incredible to me.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, well, we're going to take a really short break. Um, we're going to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about Angela White's showcase, I Am Angela. Yes. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I really want to tell you about this new service I've been using. With my busy schedule, it can be difficult to eat right all the time and get the nutrition I need to work those long days on set. But it's not just me. Did you know that 90% of people don't meet their FDA recommended daily nutritional needs? That's why I started taking care of a monthly subscription vitamin service. They have a quick five minute online quiz that you fill out, and I was able to answer these in depth questions about my diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. I love that it even addressed my issues with energy and sleep. My personalized vitamins were delivered right to my home and neatly organized into little easy-to-remember packets. If you have a busy, constantly-on-the-go lifestyle like I do, it's super convenient. I just slip one into my purse and I'm set for the day. I've been taking them for about a week now and I've already noticed a big difference. I don't have any of the digestion issues that have been plaguing me for the last few weeks and my energy levels are noticeably higher. So visit TakeCareOf.com to get your own personalized Care-of vitamins, conveniently delivered right to your door. And if you enter promo code HOLLY, you'll get 25% off your first month. That's TakeCareOf.com and save 25% on your first month with my code HOLLY. Stay healthy and take care of yourself with Care-of. All right, everybody, we are back. And we are going to talk about Angela's new movie, I am Angela. If you're watching the video, it's right here. And um, I want to talk first about uh, the cover just because I'm looking straight at it. It's a very modest cover. You're wearing a turtleneck. Yes. You're hiding, like, you know, your two largest assets. So And you have um, very little makeup on. So is there – I know that you do everything deliberately. There's a reason behind everything that you do. So why shoot this cover in this way?
1: Well I really wanted the cover to be I mean more like classic portraiture mm-hmm. than 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 a porn cover. And this movie is really it's a full length documentary mm-hmm. and this is far more reminiscent of a documentary cover than mm-hmm. than a porn cover. And yeah. this this movie is very humanizing. Mm-hmm. And so by covering up, you know, the body and obviously the boobs and that sexual, overtly sexual nature of my physicality. Right. It really forces you to look at my face and it forces you to look into my eyes. Yeah. And I want you to see me as a person here, not just as a sexual being. I mean, I'm I'm always going to be a sexual being. That's a core part of who I am. Yeah,
0: and that's a part of, that's part of really everybody, every Mm -hmm, person. mm -hmm. But some people just choose to not acknowledge it. Yeah. And it's a large part of you.
1: Yes, it is. I would say that um, I'm always a sexual person, even when we're talking about other aspects that don't seem sexual. At the core of me is a very, very sexual person, but I don't want to be reduced to my sexuality. Mm -hmm. It. It is in everything that I do. Sex mm. drives everything, including yeah. my academic work and my writing and everything. Mm. Cleaning the house, I'm still like, the, you know, the, yeah. sex is just a drive for me. But I don't want to be reduced to sexuality. I want, I don't want to ever be reduced to my breasts. Right. And so this cover reflects that. I want you to, I and I want you to know by looking at this cover that you're going to learn more about me. We're right. not just going to focus on my breasts and the way they move. We're not just going to focus on the fact that I I have sex with many people in this movie. You're going to learn about me as a person. And, um, yeah, I think that it's successful in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the other cover, which is – these are both evil Angel films, by the way. Uh, Angela by Darko, uh, very different vibe, um, very spacey, very artsy, you're wearing – a bodysuit that barely covers your boobs, and then you've got all this glitter mm-hmm. all over your arms and all the way up your neck, almost like a turtleneck, and then into your hair. So what was the inspiration behind this? It's interesting
1: you notice I'm kind of both wearing turtlenecks on both covers. Oh, like yeah. Yes. Yes, that's true. Well, actually, together, these these form a series for Evil Angel called A Portrait of Angela White. So okay. this is more of the humanizing um, documentary, and this is more of the... This is aesthetically driven. Right. So, this is, and it's more. So, each tease sequence for uh, Angela by Darko is visually stunning and really thought out. It's very, it's, did you end up seeing the trailer, the, the, yeah.
0: I mean, you did some amazing, like your solo tease stuff. Mm. Um, You had the indoor uh, snow machine. Yes. Which was super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, You've always put a lot of focus on your, on your tease stuff. Yes. Which looks, Really, really great.
1: Well, once we get to the hardcore – I'm a, I'm a very hardcore performer. So once we get to the hardcore sex, the makeup goes. It's yeah. kind of – it gets beautifully, Rosalinda just beautifully gives ugly. Up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> throws her brushes in the air. She's like, fuck <laughs> this shit. Roslyn is our makeup artist, yes, by the we way. we love She her. works for Angela and me, and she's amazing. And
1: she did the makeup, and you can see uh, her her diversity, like, in yeah. both of these covers, because yes. she did the incredible makeup for Angela by Darko, which is I'm um, covered in glitter, very mm-hmm. strong eye, and then this natural makeup, which is barely anything. Right, right. Um, so I'm thank gonna you, I'm going to look at Rosalinda. the back of this. Yeah, that it's one. very sneakily, <laughs>
0: because there's some dirty photos on the back here, and the rest of you don't want to see it. That is a lot of... Dick. Spit something? What's yeah. all over you in the silver? Um, that is. Is that oil? That is uh, a
1: combination of spit, spunk lube, and uh, squirt. Wow. That was an anal squirt fest. That's Marcus, Marcus Dupree, Marcus right? Marcus Dupree, he made me <laughs> squirt over cuckoo. 30 times. 30 30? To the point where I actually – so most porn videos have a cum shot recap. Right. I did a cum shot recap for that. And I also because I I half edited this. I had another person help me, but um, I did a squirt recap, squirt cap, Wait. because there was so uh, he made me squirt over thirty times. So you know, a cum shot recap is you you put all the you edit it so you have all the cum shots uh, together in a row. So someone who gets off to just watching the cum shots, uh, they can just go straight to that. So is this like training,
0: an extra that you put on the DVD? Correct. Okay. So I didn't even
1: know this. Yeah. Well, now you you learn something new. Yeah. So there's a there's a cum shot recap where. You mm-hmm. can see one after the other, and there's a lot of cum shots in this because I have, there's a blow bang, so there's eight guys in that blow bang. Yeah. So there's there's eight cum shots there, and then there's a five-guy gang bang, so there's another five cum shots. So you can right. imagine there's a lot of. A lot of cum. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of cum. Yeah, and then <laughs> – but there's so much – there's there's e- even more squirt in that one scene. So Wow. I, so I decided to uh, put it all together so if anyone just wants to see me squirt over and over and over again,
0: basically like a loop,
1: <laughs> they can watch the <laughs>
0: – Like a boomerang. Yeah, right?
1: Although we do it in different positions so it kind of
0: right. moves around. Right, so it's but, got a little variety to it. Yeah,
1: and that scene got nominated uh, for uh, most outrageous – Sex scene for oh, Avian, because so, it's quite outrageous. He yeah. fills my butthole up with over a gallon of lube, of spunk lube. That's that gooey. Oh, yeah. so it's a certain kind of lube. Yeah, it looks like what's well, called spunk. Right. So it looks like cum. Yeah, yeah. So he fills it. He uses like an enema thing to fill it up, and Which then is a gallon. That's really. I bad. have like
0: really bad like spatial awareness. It's what's like, what's a gallon like that? Like, like two of these cups, three of them. Um. It's a lot.
1: I'm actually like metric system, but I just, I was tired. Uh, of course. He was, Johnny was like, we've got a gallon of spine. I'm like, okay, let's fill it. Let's fill it. So I'm, I know it was a gallon, Johnny Docker told me, <laughs> but um, a lot, a yeah. lot. And every time he would make me squirt, it would like
0: projectile out of my asshole. So wow. it was, wow. it was very outrageous. That is outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> um, that actually just funnily reminded me of my dream that I told you I was going to tell you about earlier oh, yeah. that I just remembered because I'm really good at turning these conversations <laughs> into thing about me.
1: <laughs> we, we all want to hear about your sex dream. So. so
0: just real quick, and then we will go on to I Am Angela because I'm really excited about that. Um, I had a dream the other night that I decided to do porn oh, and I decided that my first scene was going to be an interracial threesome oh, yeah. and it was... Um, Isaiah Maxwell, Rob Piper, and some random dude. I don't know who the third person was. And I just remember it was <laughs> don't get excited, people. I'm not gonna do it, but I'm just saying, in my dream it was the most incredible experience ever. And we shot the scene and I remember at the end thinking like it was way too short. And I wished it had been longer. And it was just, I don't know, it was like their penises were like magical.
1: Did you do a DP? They, they are magical, by the I way. I've th- had both of them. I think so. Yeah. I
0: don't remember. I've shot them together in a scene with Lisa Ann and it was pretty impressive. But um, yeah, that was my dream. And I woke up and I was like, fuck, that was rad.
1: That's your dream. That's my reality.
0: I know, yeah. right? <laughs> Sad for me. <laughs> Um, But I live vicariously through you, so. I try. Um, Okay, so I Am Angela. Yes. There was um, one big first in this movie, your first uh, TS scene with Chanel Santini. Yes. Um, So why did you decide to do that for I Am Angela? Because all your other firsts were for your own company.
1: Yes. Um, all my other firsts except for my first boy girl. So my first anal, my first DP, my first gangbang, my first double anal, that's all been for AGW Entertainment, which is my company. Right. So,
0: But you did your first boy girl before you started your company, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So
1: ever since I've had my own company, right. every first has been for you, for me. Right. And obviously it was a big decision to mm-hmm. – Give it to another company, but my reasoning for that was: well, first of all, this is this is a huge movie, a huge mm-hmm. undertaking, and a very important project. And I decided I'd already decided that I wanted to do my first trans scene, but I've I've never shot um, a trans scene. I have a lot of experience shooting anal scenes and and mm-hmm. gangbangs. I I know what positions to do. I know I know what's required, but. Um, I didn't know if that was going to be like a whole new, a different experience. And then the other thing was, was when I was speaking to Evil Chris who directed I Am Angela, when he said there could be a possibility that we could have Joey Silvera direct my first trans scene. And for those of you who don't know who Joey Silvera is, he is a TS porn pioneer. He is a legend in this industry, and he's actually semi-retired, pretty reclusive, doesn't shoot much anymore, so the possibility of having a legend like that shoot my very first uh, trans scene was just incredible for me, and yeah, and, and yes, he did end up uh, directing it, and it was an incredible and beautiful, sensual experience.
0: It was, it was funny in the – when you were interviewing him about it, and when you were – talking about it afterwards, like the direction that he was giving you was very confusing. (laughs) He was like, pretend it's like a webcam, but it's not. And then he just seemed to kind of be like, just do your own thing and I'll be here and I'll capture it. Yeah, yeah, I know you were trying to like get direction (laughs) out of him. You're like, what do you want from
1: me? He's he's a very interesting man. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an enigma. I was <laughs> – his direction was a little confusing, but I just – I really wanted to give yeah. him what he wanted. I kind of had – I had a number of things that I wanted to have a central experience, which is what what I wanted from mm-hmm. the scene. I wanted to be truly connected with Chanel, so I wanted to make sure I got what I wanted. But then I also wanted to make sure Chanel got what she wanted, and I wanted to make sure that Joey got what, what he wanted and mm-hmm. evil Chris. So there are a lot of people's wants and desires, and – when he was giving me the direction and it was very confusing i was like
0: oh gosh
1: how am i going to how am i going to pretend it's like a webcam but then not yeah but you know what i ended up deciding i'm just going to make sure i'm truly connected to chanel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i bet he's going to love that and yeah. he did
0: so <laughs> yeah it seemed to me watch because i've never watched any of this stuff before um that he shoots a very intimate kind of scene cuz you can hear him talking mm-hmm. you can hear him kind of commenting on the scenes. So it, it, it feels al- – he's almost like puts himself in as like a part of it, you yes. know. Um, and I assume he probably shoots a lot of his stuff like that. Was it just yeah. him filming?
1: It was going to be just him filming. Um, that's – he's kind of reclusive as I said. Right. But – and so – Evil Chris wasn't actually going to be allowed to stay during the the sex. Mm-hmm. But once we, we got to the sex scene, Joey was like, no, you're, you, you feel like part of the scene now. You've, you're have you part of the vibes you have to say. So that's why you've got that great um, behind-the-scenes documentary footage right. of us having the sex and, and, and Chris was filming Joey f- uh, directing. Right. Um, so, yeah, usually it's very intimate. It's just him and the performers – this time it happened to be Joey the performers and uh Evil Chris and um Evil Robbie who are the the documentary crew
0: right yeah. it seems kind of interesting that maybe like what he's after is a very like authentic intimate experience so because like you know um Evil Chris was allowed to film it like you said because he was there so like the scenario had Unfolded the way it unfolded naturally, and he was there, so we had to stay. Yes. You know, so like it wasn't like this artificial thing that you brought in right. on the side. Like it was literally like what's happening is what's happening, and that's what he's going to capture. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So how was Chanel?
1: Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've met Chanel,
0: but she- I, I do. Actually, it's kind of funny. We sat with her at the table for the XBiz Awards mm-hmm. last year, the year before, and my boyfriend, who's very straight had no idea she was trans and was just like that girl is so hot and then she won trans performer of the year and went up to accept her award and he was like what whoa what
1: she's <laughs>
0: which dying. i think is you know obviously yeah. a great compliment yeah. to her like she looks very much um i mean she is she's, a woman yeah yeah
1: yeah she is stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. she's an incredible performer. She actually, you know, she's into it. And that was that was one of the reasons that I, I chose Chanel because I really want to represent an honest, authentic sexuality on screen. Mm. And, you know, with some TS scenes, it's not necessarily a representation of their true sexuality. And by right. that, I mean, this was a, a trans lesbian scene. Mm-hmm. So I wanted my first, well, I'd like all my trans lesbian scenes to be with trans performers who enjoy having sex with women. Mm-hmm. And, I had heard that Chanel really loved women and actually um, in the documentary segment you hear us talking about it and she says, I love eating pussy and I was like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I'm with someone who wants to be here, who genuinely enjoys fucking women. This is going to be fantastic. Right. And, you know, of course, it's it's not that I can't have sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with a woman. It's just, you know, my whole career has been based upon doing what I like and being and being with other people that, that, that want to be there and that, you know, genuinely want to have sex with each other. Yeah. So Chanel, being into women, was absolutely perfect.
0: Yeah, because I, I the, now me not knowing all that much about the trans community because obviously I'm not that very much involved in it. I've never shot it. I don't know too many people um, in that community. But from the few people that I have spoken to, it seems to me that people want to assume because they have a penis, they want to use it and mm-hmm. have sex with somebody else. But that's not the case with everybody. No, some of them. Don't really want to use their penis. They, you know, want to be fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that that's an interesting and important distinction one needs to make, and not yes. assume that every trans performer likes it the same way. Correct.
1: And I mean, it's 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 not just trans performers. I mean, there are women in the industry who are quote gay for pay, yeah. and 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 men in the industry that are gay for pay, yeah. and. More power to them. But when it's a scene that I'm in, I like to be with people that you know. It represents a genuine part of their sexuality. That's that's right. what I like. Um, and Chanel uh, loves getting blowjobs, so she she obviously enjoys using her penis. In scenes, right. and that that made me feel comfortable because I wanted to be able to engage with her in a way that made her feel sexually desirable, sex, sexually comfortable, right. you know, hot and horny, and it was just the perfect match.
0: Right, right. So, um, tell me about the other scenes that you did. Um, let's see. What was the first one? That was the, it's the DP. Well, it's an airtight, Oh, oh guys. yes, yes, yes. It was yes. Steve Holmes, Mick Blue, Marcus Dupree, and, um, yes. So, it was meant to be an airtight scene, which, for those of you who don't know, that means a penis and the vagina, a uh, butthole and mouth. So, you're yes. basically... <laughs> That's
1: right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that scene was directed by Johnny Darko. Oh, and just so people know, this I Am Angela showcase, it's a full-length documentary and it's also it also has four sex scenes directed by four different directors. And each of those directors are AVN Hall of Fame directors. They're legends in this industry. They're all old-school Evil Angel directors too. So there's a very old school feel to this movie. Right. So the first scene is directed by Johnny Darko. Um, The second scene is a – it's a lesbian POV scene directed by Danny Vespoli. So Danny Vespoli had had a line called – a lesbian anal POV, I think it was called, um, for Evil Angel. And she's no longer with Evil, but she was willing to come back as a director for this special movie Mm -hmm. and this special scene. So that was with her and Joanna Angel. Mm -hmm. And then the third scene is the TS scene with Janelle Santini, directed by Joey Silvera. Yeah. And then the fourth scene, (laughs) which we'll get to, it's crazy, Yeah, um, is with Rocco Sofredi, directed by none other than the owner and founder of Evil Angel, Buttman himself, John Stagliano. Yes. So, but we can we can rewind, go back to the first scene, which is
0: <laughs> I know I feel like we got to talk about the Rocco scene last because it's yeah. definitely the most intense one. So, um, also too, I want to get to a little bit about uh, what you know because you it had a couple of other people who were interviewed about you, um, Asa, Akira, Mark Spiegler, um, and I. What I really loved was you know when Asa was being interviewed about you, it kind of struck me about how you are very much about empowering other women and you're not that kind of... Because there's a lot of girls in this business that are super competitive yeah. and really like to put each other down. And um, and you're definitely somebody who seems to really seek to unify the industry, which I think is really great. And I felt that that was very much reflected in what Asa was saying about you. Thank you. Um, so what are your views on that?
1: Well, I feel like we really need to be unified. This is... We, we need to be part of a community and we're already so maligned and hated by the outside world. Mm. Well, not not all aspects, but, you know, there's so much shame in our yeah. society when it comes to sex and when you commodify sex and when you are empowered and use your own body in whatever way that you want, if you sell sex in whatever form, you're going to be maligned even further than if, if you're just expressing your sexuality without commodifying it. And um, that's another reason why I love shows like AVN because it's an opportunity for us to celebrate each other and celebrate our industry and the good that we do for ourselves and for the community because if we don't celebrate us, who's going to? Yeah. Everybody loves to watch porn. But
0: nobody wants to admit
1: it. Yeah. So – and nobody's going to fight for us but us. Right. So that's why I feel like community is so important. And it's just part of my history as well, like coming into the porn industry – being in, in this adult community with, with um, like-minded peers and sex-positive people, it's, it's the first time in my life where I felt like I can truly be myself, where I've truly felt accepted, accepted as the sexual being that I am um, and supported in in the sex that I want to have. And mm. I was not supported, you know, in high school growing up. Right. I was right. not I – w- I, w- I was criticized for every way that I expressed my sexuality. So in porn, I can finally – Speak my truth. I can be who I am. I can just genuinely be me without worrying. And so, and I want, I want everyone in the industry to feel that way. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that there's not, there is some competitiveness, um, but it's, it's not as bad as maybe other industries. To be honest, Mm. I think that, I think Tommy Pistol actually made a good point when he accepted his AVN award at the start of the year. He said, you know, um. We're a family, but we're a fucked up family. You yeah, know? like we're, we we yeah. there is there is a sense of camaraderie, community. Yes. Um, we can always endeavor to do better to support one another. But I think that I think that we're doing a good job.
0: I think yeah. we are. I think there's been a lot. Uh, I've noticed. I feel like a shift on social media about um, people in the industry supporting each other. I think, especially after you know some of the tragic deaths that we experienced last year. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that people have recognized how much support you know all of us need from each other yes and i think that that's been um, a really positive response yes so yeah. so should we talk about Rocco
1: let's talk about Rocco
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Rocco is for those of you who don't know Rocco Sofredi is definitely a legend in this industry he's somebody actually my mom used to shoot a lot back in the day my mom shot his playgirl layout <laughs> um and she shot him a lot for you know all the magazine layouts that she did this is back before the internet obviously and when um you were shooting <laughs> so back in the day before the internet came along my mom did mostly magazine work and um the magazines were softcore there was no penetration in any of them there were a lot of like pretty strict rules um because you know different states had different obscenity laws and you know Canada had an entirely different um set of rules so you, you couldn't actually show penetration. And so a lot of times girls who would do boy-girl magazine sets wouldn't actually shoot porn. They were like adult models. I mean, you talk, you know, now there's a, there's a lot more um, intermingling of different types of work. But back then it was very structured, like you were a porn star or you were like an adult model. And these are like two totally different things. So there were girls that would do these boy-girl scenes but they would never do porn because they would never do the penetration. Yes. Um so they would pose with a guy with like a half limp dick. You know, and and that was like okay, but they wouldn't actually do the sex scene, but Rocco was so charming and just so, you know, kind of overwhelming that some of these girls would actually let him, like, fuck them in between shots. Mm-hmm. And occasionally my mom would get a couple of those shots of the penetration, but she could never use it, right? Mm-hmm. So we'd have to edit out those slides. We shot on film. <laughs> we'd have to edit out those slides and submit to the magazines all the pictures where his penis, like, wasn't in it. And again, these are girls who were not porn stars, you know? They were adult models. They would never do porn. Um, so so later, actually, when the internet, you know, came along, and then, you know, the rules, changed these little photos that my mom had of these girls allowing Rocco um, to slip it in for a couple of shots were just like absolute pure gold mm. um, because you know it was like this this exception that they made for this incredibly charismatic man. And obviously, you experienced that because in the scene, Rocco literally walks in. Angela comes out of makeup. She's got her hair back in clips. They greet each other and they just start fucking. Yeah. Like right away. And Rosalind was doing makeup, right? Yes. She must have been back there and be like, motherfucker. (laughs) Like, I know exactly. But she was just like, forget it. Forget it. I was almost done with her face.
1: She did my makeup
0: three times.
1: Like basically from scratch.
0: Thank God yeah. she is such she's such a great woman yeah. and has such a positive, amazing yeah. attitude. Cause I could see some other people getting real pissed. Yeah. I think
1: she she I think she found it a little bit amusing. Like yeah. annoying and amusing. Yeah. But I think she saw the fun in it. But yeah, she she told me that I was being bad. She she roused me at one point. Yeah. I was like, oh. I couldn't help it. He's yeah. just, he is so charismatic. And he's, there is this incredible presence with mm-hmm. Rocco. He's, ah, mm-hmm. oh, when he walks in the room, it's not just the women that look, it's the men. Yeah. Everybody wants to be near Rocco. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was an incredible day, incredible scene. It was, we fucked so many times before we even started the scene. And it was just, Crazy! It was insane. The the most insane scene I've ever done. The roughest scene. The the yeah. most insane be- beforehand. The lead up was just insane because he, yeah. he ends up sticking it in my butt without without even spitting on it. He's yeah, just, and he's huge. He yeah, a huge cock. Yeah. And, but this man, like, he's a machine, and he's yeah. fifty four or something. And, and he was
0: and, pulling out some um, positions I had not yeah. seen before. I was like, that, like, reverse titty fucking thing? I, I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> he he fucks harder and longer than some
1: of these, you know, new 18-year-olds. Like, yeah. he is an absolute machine. I Like, his sexual drive, his sexual energy, his presence, everything is just so intense with him. And the way his eyes burn when he mm-hmm. looks at you. Yeah. It's...
0: Do you yeah. find I've I've heard some other girls say that sometimes they find that the European performers mm-hmm. tend to have that kind of intensity mm-hmm. that um sometimes American performers don't have as much.
1: Yeah, I mean all all my favorite male performers, yeah. Happened to be European,
0: yeah. And Marcus Dupree, who's you know kind of like the new big stud on campus, came from Boot Camp Rocco. Yeah, he was I mean, trained by Rocco. He credits Rocco with mm-hmm. teaching him everything he knows. And Marcus is probably one of the strongest performers in our industry today. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, okay, so he came in. You guys had sex right away. And it's hilarious, too, because John Sagliano is just, like, trying. He's like, what? What? I'm trying to, what happened? I haven't even started shooting yet. Like, I don't have my camera. And he's, like, on his phone. He's like, what's going on here? And so, so there was that. And then they finally stopped you and did your makeup again. And then during photos, did you guys just go nuts again, too?
1: So they finally, so, yeah, the crew started freaking out because Chris didn't have, the microphone on the camera. So yeah. and and so we we came out and started fucking, but nobody knew that he was going to have energy to continue fucking me
0: later yeah. for the scene. So that's Chris, always like the biggest concern. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and so Chris obviously wanted to film it, but he didn't have a mic on his camera. And so that's when John got his phone. It's like I'll get audio with my phone. It was chaos. It was. Yeah absolute madness and everybody was freaking out and they were trying to get us off off of each other and it was just impossible and
0: was that (laughs) that one time that you like kind of let go of your like professionalism perfectionism and you were just like fuck it i'm gonna enjoy the moment
1: i well this was such a unique opportunity because um if people have watched the the netflix documentary on Mm. Rocco, they know that he actually retired so Mm. he is back shooting some scenes now but he 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 planned on retiring. He did a whole Netflix documentary about his retirement. Came I didn't over. realize that was on Netflix. Yes. I've seen the
0: trailer for it, but I didn't realize yeah, it was on
1: Netflix. Definitely recommend you watching it. It's it's incredible and it definitely gives you a, an insight into his mind mm. and, you know, his sexuality and some somewhat tormented sexuality. It's very, very interesting.
0: I can imagine. I mean, when you've got that kind of strong sexuality and it's been such a huge driving part of your life, it's – it's also got to be a tough thing to let go mm-hmm. of, you know. I mean, I know my mom, when she retired, I mean, just letting – not her sexuality, but, you know, being Suze Randall and who she was and the the icon that she was, it was a very difficult thing for her to let go because that was wrapped up so much in, um, you know, who she was as a her person. Her identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Rocco clearly – I mean, he tried to retire. <laughs> He's back shooting some movies in um, in Budapest, mm-hmm. but he had not been back to America to, to shoot. Mm-hmm. And this was a very unique opportunity because Rocco has never flown to America just to shoot one scene with one girl. Right, He's right. come over and shoot a bunch of movies. Right. But this was crazy. even says in the documentary, you know, I thought it was a, in his sexy accent, yeah. I thought it was a crazy idea to come right. over and shoot with one girl yeah. for one scene, for right. one movie. Yeah. And so this was such a unique opportunity that when our chemistry was like, Crazy straight off the bat, I was like, "You know what? I I'm just gonna go with this. I, yeah. don't I don't care."
0: Were you nervous going into it that like maybe you wouldn't have that or something? I mean, he flew out all the way to shoot this scene. Like, God. what? I mean, what was going through your head? There, that's, felt. Like, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah, know? I felt
1: like there was a lot. Of, I didn't. I didn't think there would be no chemistry because I did. I had actually met him at AVN. So at A, that was the first time we went yeah. at Avn this year, and it was like five minutes that we saw each other. But even then, I felt the connection immediately. Right, the way right. he looked at me, the way we felt, there was like this. Mm-hmm. There was so much tension between us, and so and I think that that is probably the reason that he agreed to come out here. I know he he mentions in the documentary that you know the wins that I got at Avn and the way people talked about me, but that. That moment when we met at AVN on the floor and we just connected so quickly, I just knew that there would be chemistry. But still, there's a lot of pressure to to, to have someone fly across the globe
0: just Mm. to fuck you. Yeah. It's like,
1: wow, you better make it
0: good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine.
1: But I feel like um, there's a lot of pressure on him too. I don't know. Asa said this to me. I'm not sure if it made it. I can't remember if it made it into the documentary, but she said, imagine, you know, you're Everybody thinks that you're responsible, in Rocco's case, of, of giving women the best sexual experience of your life, mm-hmm. of their life. So imagine having that pressure on you, like I'm the man, yeah. that this girl, this woman is expecting me to fuck her in a way that she will never forget. And he yeah. Always has that hanging over his head. So I think that we bo- both probably felt the pressure to make sure this this yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can't worry about it because when you start worrying when it comes to sex, you clam up, you're not yourself, mm-hmm. your, your nerves get get the better of you. So I was continuously trying to just relax, be myself. I knew he wanted he wanted to come to fuck me because of who I am. So I right.
0: needed to just had to tell be myself. That. Yeah. yeah. Just be myself. Yeah. So, so overall... Um, I'm assuming you were happy with the way that I Am Angela came out.
1: Yes. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. This was – it was such a unique project and such an incredible project to be part of. And the thing that I'm most proud of with this movie is that it's really truly humanizing. And not just for me. It's of the whole community of like the – there's interviews with all the directors, um, with – all the performers that are involved, and you really see a human side to the industry and and you see us as full beings. You see what goes on uh, before a shoot actually happens. You see the negotiation. You see me getting tested. You really learn about the industry, and I think that it gives fans um, a look at me and who I am more so than any any other project that I've ever done.
0: I, yeah, you know, I, I noticed that when I was watching it how – You know, I mean, we work so hard in porn to create this fantasy, Mm. right, which is fine. I mean, that's what it's there for. But sometimes I feel like viewers, not sometimes, a lot of the times I feel like viewers get a really – just the wrong idea about what it's really like in the porn yeah. industry you know like what these people are really like what um, the the process before we shoot a scene is like and yes. I think it's so I think it was really great to give people that insider's perspective to see the just you know discussing consent and you know the care to know mm-hmm. what the other performer liked to do didn't like um, the testing you know the the <laughs> And just the whole setup. And like you said, humanizing the people behind the industry. And I think, you know, it also helped that you chose, um, you know, very well-spoken, eloquent people to, you know, talk about it. And, um, yeah, it just came off – I don't know. It, it. I mean, obviously, I had nothing to do with it, but watching it, it made me feel proud of this yes. industry. Thank you. You know, and that, that's why I just think you're such a great example. And I, I know I've said this a million times, but um, it's people like you that really, I think, are helping to push porn into um, a new era, you know, and really, like, showing Thank everybody, you. like – it's it's not what people think it is, you know. Yes. So I just think that that projects like this are really important.
1: Thank you, that means a lot. Um, to hear you say that, thank you very much. Yeah, and I, I hope I hope fans I hope fans enjoy it and and like you said that they, they they see things in this movie that you know maybe is important for them to see. For example, they see the. The affection that Rocco has for me after, like we do an incredibly rough scene, but then you see afterwards we we hug and there's an affection. You see, like the way that I I interact with with Steve Holmes and Marcus Dupree and Mick Blue, and yeah, like in a few minutes they're going to be sticking two dicks in my butthole, but you see there's a there's a love and care and Mm -hmm. affection between between performers and. Yeah, I I want I want viewers to know that I want viewers to know that this is an incredible safe environment to explore your sexuality and and yeah I really encourage fans to to. Buy and watch the movie.
0: Um, and most importantly to buy it. To buy it. Support yeah. <laughs> yes. Your favorite please. stars pay Thank for your you. porn
1: people. <laughs> it's worth it. It's yes, worth it. I think yeah. it definitely is. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of porn out there that I'll admit is not worth paying for. Well, this is like um, four
1: four and a half hours. So yeah. you've got there's a lot of a lot of content. Yes. A lot of interesting things. And
0: you put a lot of work into it. I know that you edited it as well.
1: Not this one. So um Angela by Darko. I edited some. Okay, this was actually Ricky. So shout out to Ricky. Oh, okay, yeah, I help. I I. I helped in other ways, but the editing is
0: really the credit goes to to Ricky. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good to know because I do know that you edit a lot of your stuff. Yes. Yes. Which I just can't bring myself to do. I can't bring myself to teach myself to edit. I just can't. Like once I've shot the scene, I don't want to ever see it
1: again. Then, then I advise that you don't because you <laughs> yeah. you want this to be a creative endeavor for you, and if you're you don't want to do something that makes you feel
0: ugh, yeah. I just feel like, like, like though if I edited my own stuff, it would make me a much better shooter mm. but i just don't want to so why don't
1: you just sit with your editor for a couple of scenes because then yeah. you'll know you'll yeah. you'll understand you'll see the things that are frustrating him and what you could do better and yeah. you don't have to edit you just sit with him for a couple of
0: a couple of hours and done your face yeah well thank you so much for coming on angela it's always such a pleasure to see you thank you um, for having me back we are going to do a second little uh, Ask Angela fan portion, which will be available only on my Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash Hollyrandall Unfiltered to um, watch that video. But until then, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter at Angela White, on Instagram at
1: the Angela White, and AngelaWhite.com is your hub for all things Angela White.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And then obviously my Patreon, which I just mentioned, patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for listening. Angela, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very And much. we'll see you guys next week. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you being here means everything. But what would mean even more to me is if you would go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast, and share it with a friend. If you know somebody that's fascinated by the adult industry, but doesn't know anything about it, or is really into a certain performer or guest that I have on the show, tell them about it. Because you know podcasts really grow by word of mouth, and your recommendation means a lot to me. What also means a lot to me is your money, because this does cost me money to produce. So if you can support me by going to my Patreon and joining, I give away really cool prizes, gifts, you get access to the live streams. There's just so much cool stuff that you get in exchange for your support. So go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Next week, I'm going to have a really important episode that you guys do not want to miss. I'm going to have Eric Paul-Loya, the Executive Director of the FSC, that's the Free Speech Coalition, here in the studio. And we're going to cover a range of very important topics to the adult industry. And he's going to educate me on a lot of things that I don't really understand about um, some of the significant parts of our industry, like testing, um, the politics, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a learning experience for all of us. So make sure that you tune in next week to Holly Randall Unfiltered.